All content discussed on Hypochondriactor are the individual opinions of Dr. Priyanka Wally and Sean Hayes and should not be construed as personalized medical advice. By listening to this podcast, you agree not to use this podcast as medical advice to treat any medical condition in either yourself or others. Consult your own physician for any medical issues that you may be having. This entire disclaimer also applies to any guests or contributors to the podcast. I'm Dr. Priyanka Wally, medical doctor and stand-up comedian. And I'm Sean Hayes, actor and hypochondriac. It's safe to say that I'm not America's first hypochondriac, but I am America's first hypochondriactor. Happy Valentine's, Happy Valentine's Day. Day. I'm still drinking tea. I am too. What kind of tea are you drinking? Always English breakfast. You know what? It's like a it's like a cup of caramel. Oh, interesting. Like because it's English breakfast, but it's got tons of sugar and cream in it. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. I'm doing a her herbal herbal herbal, herbal, herbal yeah <laughs> hibiscus uh, with fragrance with fragrance <laughs> <laughs> i'm doing hibiscus oh yeah and i like it yeah but uh speaking of valentine's day happy valentine's happy you valentine's. are my valentine you are I love mine you dearly you are mine i love you too honey <laughs> wait did you ever used to say as a kid valentine's with an m no, is that oh, a thing? Yeah, as a kid, you always be like, "Happy Valentine's." Valentine's, oh, yeah, yeah, um, people yeah, probably still think it's that. Here's to a capitalist uh, holiday. <laughs> <laughs> Did you do anything to celebrate Valentine's? Are you wanting a Valentine's? Do you care about having a Valentine's? Um, change, I usually, change the subject. I don't even know. I mean, I think it just depends on the year. It depends on the year, yeah. the mood, the relationship status, all all sorts of things. But do you uh -huh. have like a thing that you do every Valentine's Day? No, I try, it's just another day here. It's just, yeah. hey, good morning, yeah. good morning. Well, the thing is going out to eat on Valentine's, it's really stressful because there's a lot of people out there and then they mark up the menus yeah, for all I these know. fancy things. And it's like, oh, why bother? I know. Just order a pizza and tell how much you love each other over sausage and pepperoni. I mean, it's yeah. like. Yeah. But wait a minute. Tell me. So, so wait. So, you know yeah. that I had COVID, and but I'm doing oh better now. Oh, my gosh, Sean. I know. And so, oh, and then Scotty, I don't think I told you this. Just got over COVID and now he has shingles. Yes, you did. Uh, I actually I did texted Scotty oh, just did. to be like, hey, how are you? Like, what's going on? And he That's gave so me sweet. the rundown. So uh -huh. first of all, though, Sean, I do want to just commend you. You held out for almost three years not getting COVID. I know. So congratulations. Thanks. Right? I, was a, I was a Novid. You were a Novid. Yeah. Yeah. Been <laughs> you and COVID. Scotty both. Yeah. I was telling Scotty that it makes a lot of sense that he got shingles because the COVID must have temporarily compromised his immune system, yeah. which made the dormant herpes zoster vaccine. Yeah, he's already in an immunocompromised state, being type one, and it reactivated the dormant herpes zoster virus, yeah. which then caused the shingles. Yeah, it's kind of like storming the Capitol. It's like, oh my God. The, you know what I'm saying? It's like, oh, we just got the green light. Let's make yes, more that's havoc. That's such a great analogy. Yeah. <laughs> and I was telling Scotty, right? I was like, it's time to tell the shingles to F off. Like, yeah. it's enough is enough. Like, I've dealt with enough. Like, go away. Right. And so, but it's nothing to worry about. People, do, it's, it's not fatal, no, is it? No, I mean, he might have some residual pain. There's something called post-herpetic neuralgia, which is where you can still have pain along the area that the shingles affected, but it'll eventually go away. You know who talked about this? Conan. He yeah, had Conan, shingles. Right. He On had ocular eye. shingles, right? And he would talk about how when he would get stressed out, right. even though years later, sometimes the shingles, 
he wouldn't get shingles. He would get tingles yeah. in the area. The shingle tingles, um, yeah. And that's called post-herpetic neuralgia. Well, no, it's, so, called, the shing- it's called the shingle tingles, yeah. Yeah, the sh- he would get the shin- shintins. Shintins. <laughs> <laughs> the adventures of shintin. <laughs> but how is Scotty doing? He's doing really, really well. I mean, you I'm know, so glad to hear that. Well, I mean, he's not; he's in pain. But I mean, he's like, oh, he's, okay. he's up and around, and he's working, and he's like, he can get through the day. So he's living he's with just, the pain. He's living with the pain, and he's like, yeah. he's like the opposite of me. I'm like, I'm gonna die, and he's like, no. get over it. Like he's like, really, you know, he's a really good patient. He's still kind of like upbeat and he's making jokes, and meanwhile, he can't even move like his neck because he's in so much pain. Uh, oh. Wow, I I love Scotty. He's so resilient. I know. I mean, remember that story he told when he came on the show about his I know. hypoglycemia and just how resilient he is. Like I know. I so admire him. And I admire you too. I mean, you are doing well, well too. I mean, Ray, you're still recording and, and working yeah. and prepping for Goodnight Oscar despite yeah. feeling like, you know, <laughs> a cough and a half. Yeah, I know. I can't. <laughs> when is this cough going to go away? Oh, honey, it can take it can take weeks. It can it can really take weeks. And some of the data shows it can take, you know, a long, long time, even yeah, months. It, so really, it's like a yeah. bad sitcom that just won't go away. <laughs> right? That's on too long. Oh. But uh, you know who isn't bad? Our guest today. Oh my gosh, um, our guest. The other Sean. Sean, Sean Cassidy. Cassidy. <laughs> oh my gosh. Aren't you so excited to meet him? I'm so excited to yeah. be in a little Sean sandwich today. <laughs> <laughs> well, he spells his name wrong, but we're not going to get into that. But anyway, before we get this show, show Owen, um, <laughs> let's listen to our first recorded message. This first one's from someone named Kirsten. Let's listen. Hi, Sean and Priyanka. My name is Kirsten, and I'm calling from Newport, Rhode Island, to tell you a clumsy medical story from uh, the summer I was in eighth grade. I've always been a clumsy person, and uh, I was at my friend's house one day who happened to own a trampoline, and we were bouncing, and I was trying to do a front flip, and one of the older kids at the time um, wanted to bounce me super high, so I could attempt my front flip, and I wanted to show off for all of my friends. Did a front flip, didn't quite make it all the way around, landed on my back and my heels, and back hit the trampoline at the same time, which perfectly bounced my knee right into my face. Uh, All I could hear was laughing, but I immediately could taste and feel blood forming in my mouth. Looked over at one of my friends who screamed, ran in, she got her mom. Long story short, I shattered the roof of my mouth. My palate was shattered. Uh, Spent the night in the ER, who at the on-call orthodontic surgeon, scheduled me for emergency surgery the next day. Went under, had about an hour-long procedure done with bars put on my teeth, which miraculously none fell out, but they were all dislodged and moved kind of out of order. Um, naturally, this was two days before I was supposed to get braces. So just had that one surgery, though. Uh, recovered months later, had mm. nice bars on my teeth for my first year of high school, school picture, which you can imagine is traumatizing at the time. And now I'm 33. Uh, basically fully recovered, never needed another surgery, and still get very nervous going to the dentist for obvious reasons. But I work in uh, women's health care. I love medical things, love comedy. Your podcast is my absolute favorite. So keep it up, and I hope you like my story. Bye. Oh, oh wow, Kirsten. Kirsten. Wow. I mean, I, I don't like your story. I don't like that that happened to you, but yeah. I am so grateful that you shared it. So her knee just shattered her palate? What about her teeth? 
Well, yeah, the palate is the medical term for the roof of your mouth. So it included your teeth as well. And you definitely, you know, from a emergency standpoint. She really cleansed that palate. Yeah. I mean, come on, really. <laughs> but when someone smashes their mouth in, you want to be super careful that they don't swallow or choke on their teeth. Yeah, I bet. Wow. Right? Because well, I, it's I, so I, dangerous. My dog was walking around like when he was a puppy and he's like chewing on shit. I'm like, what is that? It's fucking teeth. Uh, oh, really? Like, I'm like, wait, what? As he was losing him, he was like chewing teeth. on him. <laughs> oh. But oh wait, my gosh. First of all, Kirsten Clumsy is my middle name. Well, this is the thing. I need to say something about clumsiness because yeah. a lot of people think clumsiness is just like a personality trait or something, but it's not. Yeah. Clums- it's worse. People can't no, control. <laughs> no, no. I mean, really, clumsiness is not something people can control. It's not intentional. And actually, sometimes it can be a sign of some other underlying issue. Yeah. Clumsiness can be associated or be an underlining sign of ADHD, for example. That's interesting. So it's not like a, oh, you're you're just clumsy. Like it's like you're choosing to do it. There's yeah. an actual, I don't think people can help being clumsy. Clumsiness can be a sign of some other thing going on neurologically or yeah. even in kids. If you have kids that are clumsy, it could be like a developmental thing. Yeah. Well, I'm um, really quick. I had, when I was a kid, my mom always worked and my dad left, you know, that whole story. And yeah. so there was like, you know, and when we, all of us were like reaching teenage years, I was the youngest one, but, and, and slightly into college, some of us, they would be drinking, right? They would be doing what kids do when no mm-hmm. parents are around and you're above it. 18 or sometimes uh-huh. below 18 and drink. Uh-huh. And so my mom was, they were all drinking and they saw my mom pull in the driver like, quick, quick, hide the alcohol. And uh-huh. so they gave it to the youngest kid, me, who wasn't drinking and they gave me the bottle and I ran upstairs to hide. They're like, hide this, hide this. And I ran upstairs and I tripped and I chipped the vodka <gasps> bottle on my front tooth. And oh, to this no. day, I have a fake front tooth. No way. I didn't know that. So me and Kirsten had mouth injuries. Oh my gosh. Kirsten, there you go. You Mine was Sean- Irish alcohol induced. <laughs> right, right. But this is, okay, the other issue with the story, there is an etiquette to double bouncing someone on the trampoline. Yeah. You're always supposed to wait until they're ready. So that that's like incredibly poor trampoline I etiquette. When I see a trampoline, by the way, for kids or adults or anybody, I'm like, that's like an injury waiting to happen. I mean, always. yeah. I mean, always. trampolines can be dangerous. If you're going to do them, you have to be very, very conscientious and careful like if you're gonna double bounce someone who's doing a flip you need to make sure that they're ready yeah or just jump on the bed kirsten it's not your fault i just want to say like i just want to offer compassion to you around this like it wasn't your fault that this happened yeah that's just you know that's kids kids do crazy crap i'm I'm glad you're okay kirsten all right next message is from someone named valerie let's listen to valerie hi sean hi priyanka this is valerie just wanted to call and say hi and what a wonderful job you guys are doing i'm going to give you a a short message, I hope. Um, but I share Dr. Priyanka's love of the dentist. <laughs> so I was especially devastated when I went to the dentist and found out that I had some strange cell situation going on called resorption. And I think somebody had had this on one of your episodes earlier. Uh. But they have cells that apparently kill everything in their path. So essentially, I was turning into a mummy from the inside. And it was no doing of my own. There was no pain. Oh, my God. And never would have found it had I not gone to the dentist. But being that I love going to the dentist, I would go every four months. You know, I just love getting it cleaned. I was devastated to find out something went wrong. But I guess that's why you go to the dentist for. So that's my weird story. Um, thank you guys for everything you do. And hope all is well. 
Valerie, thank you for calling in. Two mouth things. I mean, that's a mouthful you just shared there, right? (laughs) Everybody's mouthy today. Everybody's mouthing (laughs) off. Um, I would be also equally shocked if, you know, I was going regularly and suddenly I have this thing called resorption, which, you know, I mean, I'm not a dentist, so... Like I definitely had to to look that up. But well, what is resorb? What it's is it? It's basically again? where you lose the bone in your teeth. But I mean, like how? Like how does that? It can it, happen naturally, or sometimes if there's trauma to the jaw yeah. or some kind of infection, like anything. But it can happen naturally. So I mean, Valerie, I'm glad that you went to the dentist or you go to the dentist regularly because it was caught early. Yeah. And, now you can do something about it, you know? So what do you do if you have that happen? I have like, no idea. I'm not a dentist. I don't know. <laughs> you, well, well that's, I, the reason that's I, for our other show, <laughs> Hypochondriactor Dental Dentist style. Dental style, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, wait, that's so crazy that you can just lose. That's so nuts. I maybe know. That's why, maybe that's why Washington had wooden teeth. Okay, listen, Valerie, I'm glad you're okay. The number to leave us a message, please, is 323-529-6031. Again, 323-529-6031. We love hearing from you. Keep sharing your stories with us. Now, let's get to our guest. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. You know, when do you feel your best self? I feel like my best self when I'm doing the things that I love, like Anything artistic, like piano, acting, anything in the arts, uh, going to listen to an orchestra or something, it really, really makes me feel great because it makes me feel reflective and I can think about all the good things in my life. And you know what? When you're at your best, you can do great things. But sometimes life gets you bogged down. You may feel overwhelmed or like you're not showing up in the way that you want to. Working with a therapist can help you get closer to the best version of you because when you feel empowered, you're more prepared to take on everything life throws at you. It isn't just for those who've experienced like major trauma or anything. You know, I use a therapist all the time when I'm not feeling my best self, just so I can get out what's in my head and into hers. And it's always helpful. I always feel great afterwards, and I really do highly recommend it. If you're thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's convenient, flexible, affordable, and entirely online. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. If you want to live a more empowered life, therapy can get you there. Visit betterhelp.com slash hypochondriactor today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash hypochondriactor. Oh, look at this guy. Hello. Our guest Yay. today is a singer, actor, writer, and producer. He's known for his bops in the 70s, his stage and TV roles in the 80s. And he just finished producing NBC's hit medical drama, New Amsterdam, which I loved. So maybe he can teach us a thing or two today, Priyanka. It's the yeah. wonderful <laughs> Sean Cassidy, even though he spells his name wrong. Hi, Shawnee. <laughs> Sean. Hello, scene. How are you? <laughs> my whole life, did, my whole life, when I was a kid, people, like I'd be in class. I'm not even kidding. I'd be like in fifth grade and the teacher would be like, scene haze. And I would go, you've never heard of Sean Connery? Like, (laughs) you know what I mean? Uh, When I was born, my name was spelled S-E-A-N. My father, Irish, S-E-A-N. Really? And the nurse handed little scene to my mother and my mother said, we're going Welsh. No way. They changed the spelling on the day. When I was born, Connery was not... uh, famous yet uh-huh. wow and pen was a ways off so right <laughs> uh, there were no uh, models uh, in, at least in america at the time for sen being sean and i think that she was concerned that i'd be called seen all uh-huh. through school yeah, well, so she there. 
spelled it a little bit more phonetically. There she mm. was. I mean, you know, my mom didn't give a shit, clearly. All right, so. <laughs> oh. uh, <laughs> hey, listen, my middle name is Kim because my parents were like, there's no way she's going to live in a, the United States with a name like Priyanka. No one's going to be able to say that. So they liked the name Kimberly. So they were like, well, let's call her Priyanka Kimberly Wally. But then they were like, that's way too long. So let's just make it Kim. And yeah. I don't even use that now. I was going to say, like, has anyone in your life ever called you never, Kim? Never, never. <laughs> but if anybody ever couldn't figure out how to pronounce your last name, just go, have you never heard of Wally? Yeah. <laughs> All right. So Priyanka is a beautiful name. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Is. Thank you so much. I think, I think the commonality in this story, though, is that the challenge of the immigrant experience, right? The challenge of adaptation, the challenge of trying to survive and fit in, right? Yeah. It, it really is any kind of immigration, even if it's voluntary, is still traumatic. For sure. And I, look, I never uh, thought of myself as an immigrant, but my great-grandparents on both sides certainly were, and they were trying to assimilate Irish, Welsh, German actors, the worst kind. <laughs> <laughs> oh. If it's any consolation, I've only thought of yeah. you as an immigrant, Sean. Thanks so much. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still finding my place. <laughs> um, no, yeah, here's what I want to start. I want to get to the, we'll get to the medical stuff in a second. But first yeah, of all- Because I'm a mess. I look at you. Okay, but, good. Okay, well, you've come to the right place. <laughs> but wait, listen, you. <laughs> the, one of my first auditions in Hollywood was, I, I've told you this before, was I read for a show that you wrote and produced and I think was going to direct to or something called Holly Weird. yes. Do you remember that? I absolutely did. Do. I did. I get that. Apparently not, but it, no. maybe you should have. And we'd still be on the air. Uh, <laughs> I love that script. That was a pilot, a busted pilot, as they call them. It did not go past pilot. Uh, I was partnered with Wes Craven. Yeah, I thought it was a cool idea. It was about three young filmmakers from Ohio who basically chase serial killers, trying to get yeah. the footage uh, for the thrill of it all, and also to get that to the police so they can hopefully save any potential victim. It yeah. was sort of funny and offbeat and, and preceded the Blair Witch Project. But I remember when we were trying to convince them to pick it up, they, they kept saying, can't they just be cops? Can't they just oh, be Lord. cops? Oh, really? Why would <laughs> filmmakers? And I said, well, why does Christine Amapur go to Bosnia? There's a story. Yeah, they want right. To tell, yeah, you know? yeah. It was so good. I loved the script. Thank I thought you. It was fantastic. Um, now, there's like only a handful of people in the world that have had like a, your kind of success in the business and for as long as you have. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I don't even know where to start. And this isn't that podcast about like, you, this is your life. But it's just wild that- That I'm alive. <laughs> That's what's wild. <laughs> now, all that you've accomplished, like uh, not just a little, but huge in all of these areas. It's so rare. Please tell my wife. Tell my wife, Sean. <laughs> but it, don't you, do you ever just absorb that like, wow, this actually happened to me? I know it's a silly question. You can be whatever you want to be. But from over here, it's just your success is just astonishing. Well, you're really sweet to say it. I don't feel that way. I think I'm the luckiest man in show business. But mm. thank you. I, I've been able to transition a few times and find uh, some footing in different areas. And I'm really grateful for that. And I am grateful to be here. I had a very uh, tumultuous and very big uh, opening act as mm -hmm. uh, yeah. a lot of young people who make records or on television shows or whatever uh, can have. And the good news is I survived it. Uh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think the reason is because I, at 21, literally 
was so scared of all of that that I just went home and read books for about 10 years. I basically stayed home for the 80s. Yeah. Mm. And uh, did occasional plays here and there and wrote myself out of hiding. Yeah, that's wow. so fascinating. I sold a script when I was like 29 or 30 and then uh, came back again to a much more comfortable place, which was writing and producing for me. Yeah. Although in the last couple of years, I've actually stepped out again to uh, to tell stories and to sing, and I'm loving that, but uh, it's definitely not a traditional performer's trajectory. Well, it takes a lot of self-awareness to do that. And Priyanka's starting singing lessons too. And so, you know, my question for you, because it's very clear that you're prolific, that you're able to tap into this sort of creative energy quite easily. What sort of practices do you engage in in order to allow you to tap into that kind of energy? I don't know how to do anything else. It was healing for me, doctor. Uh -huh. Honestly, I, and I thought about it a lot. Here's an artful segue into your particular show. I busted my Achilles tendon playing uh, pickleball, which is all the rage at all of the yeah, uh, yeah. orthopedist's offices. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah. Yeah. Because you think, oh, it's a smaller court. I can go for it. Yeah. And, but you move in a way you just don't. And I'm fairly fit and, you know, I'm on the Peloton ultra, the pandemic and you know, running and hiking and doing all that stuff. But the, the move that you do play pickleball apparently is not great for the Achilles and my busted, but that's, I, I will get to that later. But uh -huh. the, the, the thing I've reflected on as I've been healing is this idea of, of how we heal and how for a creative person, I, I honestly think it saved my life, writing. Uh, I mean, uh -huh. you can be Elvis, you yeah. can be Michael Jackson, you can, you know, feed your pain with self-medication or whatever it is. But uh -huh. for me, writing did it. Because uh -huh. uh, I had all that stuff. I, you know, my childhood was not rosy uh, by any measure. Yeah, and I had yeah, yeah. stuff I had to work through and, and you know, identity stuff when that kind of success happens to you and you're my friends, really my friends and all that stuff. And yeah, the writing, I, I worked through it. That's so great. Uh, so, and it was healing for me. Yeah. And it remains yeah, so. I don't know if I'm answering your question, but I, I was reflecting on it today. You know, if I have any kind of issue with anyone in my family or something bothering me, I am just drawn to the piano or the typewriter or the computer. Wow, you so you still use typewriter. And so you use all forms. You use your hands. I don't you use, use typewriter anymore, but oh, that's okay. how I started. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, he's yeah. calling us through um, through dial-up on a rotary phone. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I am. I am. Uh, um, wait, so wait. Okay, so I want to get to the Achilles heel because I'm fascinated. Um, so when you said tore it with pickleball, Priyanka, tell me, why is it such a common injury? Because I know so many people that have torn their Achilles heel. Like, yeah. Why is yeah, it so yeah, yeah, easy? Yeah. And, and are certain people more prone to get it than others? Well, a lot of tears happen during, 80% of the tears happen during recreational sports. Uh -huh. And so remember, a tendon is a structure that attaches bone to muscle. And so the Achilles tendon, which by the way, is the largest tendon in your body. Not anymore. <laughs> oh, so it usually ruptures or tears because of overuse or sometimes overtraining, sometimes wearing inadequate footwear, if you're on a poor yeah. kind of like bad running surface. And the tear itself, it's usually a very dramatic event. You yeah. know, it's like not, you'll, I've been shot. Yes, True you'll story. hear a snap. I actually heard a very loud pop yes. and a shot to my calf. Yes. And I spun around aye, looking aye, aye. for my assassin and uh, no one there. And then I fell because suddenly my foot wasn't quite as attached as it had been a moment before. Wow, wow. Exactly. Uh, one of the people I was playing with had had a similar injury and she immediately knew 
Uh-huh. And she was like, oh boy, you got a six month recovery. I yeah. Said, really? Yes. Yes. And I hobbled to the emergency room and they confirmed what she had said that I had busted and I had an MRI that actually was fully ruptured. It wasn't a, a complete, just a com full like rupture. a detachment. Full. Yeah. 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 Wow. And then I had it sewn back together. Yeah, I was going to say, so generally surgery is a treatment. It's optional though, which is which sort of weird to me. And, you know, I, I, not to be cynical, but I've worked on a medical show for five years now. <laughs> and I know that surgeons tend to want to do surgery. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, That's true in real life and on okay. screen, by the way. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, the, the, the particular gentleman I ended up talking to was, I thought, very gracious and honest and saying, look, you can just put on a boot or a cast for a little while, and it will heal. It will? It's not like you're going back to the Lakers. So, <laughs> you know, right. uh, you might be fine, he said, but if you're really active and want to hike and bike and run and do all the stuff you were doing, I think it'll be stronger if I put it together. And that made logical sense to me. You know, uh -huh. we'll start it from here as opposed to hoping scar tissue finds its way. Uh-huh. Wow. And after the surgery, honestly, the, the worst pain I've had through the whole thing was actually the cut of where he did the surgery. Uh-huh. Yeah, wow. The, uh -huh. Wow, so I didn't know that. It can just fuse back together like a... Yeah, is that I weird? Mean, yeah. So there's a lot of controversy around whether it's better to do the surgery or not. The data shows that if you do do the surgery, the chance of a re-rupture happening again Less. is a lot lower. Yeah. So people opt for that. I'm curious about how did this entire process impact your career? I thought about that a lot too. If I were a longshoreman, yeah, this would right. be a very challenging time. Yeah, he doesn't type with his feet, Priyanka. <laughs> oh, I, I have the really? best job. If you're going to be laid up, writer is a really good <laughs> yeah, job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's uh, great. Over the years, people have asked me to write a memoir, and every time mm -hmm. I sat down to even think about it, I immediately just want to start talking instead of writing. Yeah. Uh huh. I want to engage with people because I'm a storyteller. That's my right. job. And so I wrote this show for one man storytelling. You know how I survived show business, whatever. And I shared it with some friends and they said, no, 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 no. You can't just go out and talk. There are going to be people yelling, sing to do run, run. And I didn't think I wanted to do that because I didn't want to, I didn't want to feel like some oldies act and here he is trying to recapture his glory, youth or whatever. Yeah. Uh-huh. I found a way to actually take these songs like a musical and put yes. them in the context of the story. Wow. So they were kind of reimagined. That's Love a good idea. And some of them are hit songs. I had a few hit records back in the day and, and some of them were songs other people know and some of them are new songs that I wrote. I love that. Um, but this, I'm, I'm telling you all of this because how does it impact my career? Yeah. Writing is fine. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I am set to play this place called The Blue Note in Honolulu, Hawaii, March 10th and 11th. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. which is what, like six weeks from now, maybe about after when this airs, whenever or before, mm -hmm. I don't know. But the little deal I made with the doctor was, am I in a boot? Mm -hmm. Am uh -huh. I Axel Rose on this little <laughs> mini tour? <laughs> and he said, no. He said, actually, by then, it'll be about eight, 10 weeks post-surgery. You should be able to walk around. I mean, you yeah. can't mm -hmm. do the backflips you might yeah. have been famous for in the <laughs> yeah. decade. Yeah. So I, I look forward to being in a tennis shoe or something when I'm in Hawaii. And I have, uh, I'm doing five shows at uh, 54 Below in New York in June. And uh, by then, I, I do hope to be doing uh, multiple backflips. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. I mean, that's awesome that you're doing that. I, but I keep going back to the fact that, like, how many people you can probably count on one hand that were like a massive star when they were a kid and now they're, a, 
a writer and producer of television. Like it's so, it's so impressive. Yeah. um, Your sweet is it. Thank you. I'm happy that I was able to find my way. Um, So New Amsterdam, which was star, uh, my very, very close friend, Deb Monk, who was uh, was on there a lot. Yeah. We're very close. Assassins with my brother, Patrick, the original production, Steve Sondheim's Assassins. Oh, really? that's cool. Yeah. She's great. For the Broadway aficionados. She spoke so highly of the set and you and everybody that worked on oh. it. And yeah, she had a great time. It was the, the, the loveliest group of people from writing staff to actors to crew I've ever had the uh, honor to work with. Uh, really just a glorious experience. And when you're doing a medical show through a pandemic, mm-hmm. and it's based on Bellevue Hospital. It was written by the oh, okay. director of Bellevue, uh, Eric Mannheimer, and created by my friend David Schulner And David uh, and everyone really, you know, while you're going through the pandemic, while you're writing with a group like this via Zoom, uh-huh. we're talking to all the doctors and nurses who are watching people die every day. Yeah. yeah. In the early, early stages of this, when we don't quite know what's going on and how we're going to deal with it, uh-huh. very traumatic, very emotional, very scary for everyone, for the whole Absolutely. World. Yeah, uh, yeah, for sure. But being able to actually write to that. Uh-huh. We quickly found ourselves doing more of a documentary, I think, than a, a, a right. traditional hospital drama. But it was, again, very healing. And very validating for you to create a space to voice the emotions of this demographic that historically, you know, the way we've been trained is that you don't really bring your emotions into the stuff. You you right. treat the patients, you care for others, and you deal with your own stuff in your own way. So, well, aren't you actually taught to sort of put your empathy on hold? Because you yeah. need to, you know, you, you can't carry all that stuff. You know, I'll never forget one of my teachers, Dr. Gabermonte, talks about this story about how he was interviewing a patient, and this was in a psychiatry rotation, and the patient started crying, and he instinctively, as a med student, put his hand on the patient's hand. And later he was being observed, and his attending said to him, like, that was such a brilliant decision for you to decide to put your hand on the patient's hand. How did you come up with that? And he was like, it just seemed like the natural thing to do. But the system is so sort of careful around even things like therapeutic touch because you're sort of trained very early, keep your emotions aside. And I think it can sometimes get pathological. Are you saying that my dad is a doctor? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yes. All right. Hey, guess what? We're going to play a game. So this is called Dr. Wally's Hall of Fame. You're each going to get three questions. And if you don't know the answer, guess, because I give points for creativity. So, Sean, you're up first. Are okay, you ready? Here we go. Yes, here yeah, we go. I'm ready. Okay. Oh, yeah. Which Sean? Oh, wait. Sorry. <laughs> Sean Hayes. Sean Hayes <laughs> oh, is up first. Uh, <laughs> oh, scene is up. Yeah, scene, scene, you're up first. And then we'll, and then we'll get uh, the shower wound. Okay. <laughs> okay. First question. What type of cancer is cholangiocarcinoma? Uh, what's the first word? Cholangio. I'll give you a hint. Carcinoma. Right. Well, carcinoma is cancer. Yeah, that's <laughs> so what I know. Right. Really, you really have to know what type of cancer involves cholangio. Well, this is why I asked what the first word was because I knew what yes. the second word was. Cholangio. Cholangio. I. I co- co- colon. Colon cancer. Uh, that is incorrect. Okay. But um, you are close. Okay. Cholangio is the Greek word for bile vessel. So this is bile okay. duct cancer. All right. So, so it's close. It's close enough to your asshole. 
<laughs> I mean, everyone everyone pretty much knows that, Sean. I don't know yeah. how you... This is common information. <laughs> Do you really. have a harder question for me? <laughs> Actually, um, well, okay. So Sean, Sean two Hayes, more for scene. scene is going to keep doing two more. And oh, then, he gets and then, two more. Yeah, okay, he gets yeah. two more. I get two All more right. stats. Okay, second question for scene. What 1980s horror film holds the Guinness World Record for most retakes of a single scene? Oh, wow. In 1980s? 1980s. Some, yeah. You mean somebody had to redo like some shot over and over? Yes. Um, the Guinness I, World I'm, Record. I'm guessing uh, a nightmare, a nightmare on Elm Street. That is incorrect. The answer is The Shining. Why? Oh yeah. I, and actually, do oh. you know? Do you know which scene it is? I I heard that he tortured uh, the actors K Kubrick relentlessly. Yes. Yeah. It's so. It's the scene where Wendy's backing up the stairs, swinging a baseball bat. Yeah. Uh, it was shot 127 times. You're joking oh. me. I'm not kidding. Oh, I yeah. got to read all about that. That's fascinating. Okay. Third question for scene. You were nominated in 2010 for a Tony Award for your role in Promises, Promises. I was? <laughs> <laughs> Name two other actors who were nominated in the same category. Um. Well, uh, okay. Um. Kelsey Grammer? Correct. That is one of the two. Can you name another one? Yeah. Well, the guy who won, I can't remember his name. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm horrible. His name is D. His first name starts with okay. a D. Yeah. And Good. his last name starts with a C or F. No. Oh, shit. What is it? Do you want to guess? No, I don't know. D Douglas Ho. D Douglas. D Hodge. Doug Hodge. Hodge. Yeah, who's fantastic. <laughs> Douglas Hodge. I'll give you a half point. Yeah. When you're nominated for Tony, is there really anyone else you're thinking about? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's also so like true. 75 years ago. <laughs> yeah. No, it wasn't. Uh, I saw the original Promises, Promises oh. 150 years ago <laughs> when I was about 10. True story. Um, uh, wait, with um, with the guy, with um, the- I knew um, you were going to ask that question. I don't remember. <laughs> the guy, he's been on everything. He's amazing. Maybe it was Douglas Hodge. No, no. <laughs> Douglas Hodge is great. Uh, all right, so I got what? Like one and a half? You got it. No, you just got a half. You got a half All point. of them? All of all of out them. Out of all of them, yeah. Okay, great. you didn't, well, yeah. That's okay, Sean. It's very promising for yes, the show. Yes, yes. Okay. okay, Sean, first question. What does the H stand for in ADHD? Oh, I'd love to say histrionic, but I don't think that's it. <laughs> I might uh, give you a creative point for that. Okay. I, I, you you yeah. got me. Yeah, okay, what is it? histrionic is a great guess. The answer is hyperactivity, ADHD, oh. attention deficit hyperactivity Activity disorder. disorder. I think yes. I wow. actually did know that and forgot, but that's yeah. a very good one. Okay, so half creative points. You guys are currently tied. So now, second question. Which actor plays the antagonist, Hans Gruber, in the 1988 film Die Hard? Oh, oh come on. Yes, I know. I know, but I'm liking <laughs> on his name. Uh, oh, he was so good, too. <laughs> uh, you know, don't you, Sean? Oh, wait. Oh, no. Oh, the pro the antagonist. I was thinking Bruce yeah. Willis. But, uh, uh, oh, my phone is... Hold on one moment. Oh, Jill. no, no, no. Uh, no, no, no. Can, wait, uh, can I guess? He, is it Dennis? That was the antagonist. He was the, he basically like came on the scene like this is the new model for cool villain. Fantastic yeah. actor. Was in all the Harry Potter movies. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And I'm blanking mm -hmm. on his neck. Wait, he was? Yes. Who was it? Oh. Passed away just a few years ago. Okay, I'm gonna give you the answer if you're if you're if there's no guesses. Alan yeah. Rickman. Thank oh, you. Oh my god, yeah. of course. Who yeah. I love and well, I yes. apologize to the Rickman family. He's brilliant. 
He was great. Yeah. Yes. Great. Okay, third question. In your hit song, Dadu Ron Ron. Uh-oh. Dadu Ron Ron. <laughs> I have no what? idea what that means, by the way. <laughs> what day of the week did you meet her on? Well, I think I, I've got a leg up on this one. <laughs> yes. Uh, let's, let's bring it home. I'm going to go with Monday. That is correct. Ah, that is absolutely even I that. correct. Well, you know, my heart stood still, Doctor. Ah, and, nah, nah, and when nah, your heart nah, stands nah, still, nah, as nah, you nah. know, <laughs> it's an aneurysm or, uh, or it's a, <laughs> AFib. Okay. So um, congratulations, Sean. You won well, over Sean. 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 So this you are in Dr. Wally's Hall of Fame. Uh, very well deserved. Thank you so much. I'm going to do run run a victory lap on that one. <laughs> and, thank and you. Thank you, by the way, for coming on and talking about an Achilles tendon rupture. Next time we can talk about sleep deprivation, a byproduct of a Achilles tendon rupture. I by the way, that. do you know like the history around the name Achilles or why the Achilles sort of tendon? God yeah, it was like a Greek god, right? Yeah, yes. but do you know why specifically the heel? Zeus got mad and tripped him. I don't no, know no, it's so interesting. So Achilles was a Greek warrior, and there was a river in that region called the Styx, and it was believed that if you dipped your body in this river, you would get these powers of uh, invulnerability. So when Achilles was a baby, his mom grabbed him by the foot dipped his whole body in the river except for the heel because she was grabbing him by the heel. So he was completely invulnerable except for his heel. And that's how he ends up dying. An arrow shot him in the heel and then looks, he died. Looks like Priyanka's the winner today. No. What a story. <laughs> I think the same guy got me on the pickleball court. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Brilliant. Yes. Well, thank you, Sean. Thanks well, thank again. thank you, uh, yeah. doctor. And thank you, Sean. Thank yes. you both. It's a Thrilled to be with you, and I hope to see you both soon. Likewise. Likewise. Thanks, Take pal. Take care. Bye. Bye, Bye Shani. That was great. Yeah, that was really great. Was yeah. that fun? He's so nice. It was nice. a lot of fun. What a sweet person. Love Definitely. Him. Yeah. Love him. I forgot. I wanted to ask him about working on a medical show, like what he's learned. Like I think that'd be that would be fascinating to like be an actor or whatever, like producer, right. writer, director, or if whatever. he needs a medical consultant. Yeah, I'm right. Happy. I'm, I'm always available. I'm sure they all do. By the way, you would be great on one of those shows. Why don't you do that? Oh my gosh, yes. Like you can add that to your plate. Um, <laughs> um, you've never uh, ruptured your Achilles. No, don't say you don't say it like it's going to happen. Oh, no, no, no. It's definitely not going to happen. <laughs> not on my watch. Not since we started this show, baby. <laughs> uh, Kirsten and Valerie, thank you for your stories. And yes. everybody, thanks for listening. We really, really appreciate it. And you know what, Priyanka, thanks to you. Oh my I gosh. Just want, this is I just the want to best. say thanks to you. This is the best post Valentine's Day episode ever. So lots of <laughs> I'm love giving you to a you, big Sean. Kiss. Mwah. Mwah. All right, Mwah. guys. Thanks for listening to the show. Hope you had a wonderful Valentine's Day. We'll see you next week. Don't worry. Be healthy. Until next time. Bye. Bye. Hypochondria Actor is a Hazy Mills production hosted by me, Sean Hayes, and Dr. Priyanka Wally. Rebecca Eisenberg and Todd Milliner are our executive producers. Production and editing is by Rabbit Grin Productions. Original music by Scott Eisenogle and Leo Rosner. This is a Hazy Mills production. All content discussed on Hypochondriactor are the individual opinions of Dr. Priyanka Wally and Sean Hayes and should not be construed as personalized medical advice. By listening to this podcast, you agree not to use this podcast as medical advice to treat any medical condition in either yourself or others. Please consult your own physician for any medical issues that you may be having. This entire disclaimer also applies to any guests or contributors to the podcast.